Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all. Great to be back. Uh, my name is Evan. I'm the Senior Minister of St. Matthew's. And let's pray that God might give us understanding of his word this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, your word is light and it is truth and it is salvation. And so we pray that you might help us to listen to you today and hear what you have to say to us through your word. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, today I need a little bit of audience participation, a little bit of audience help. I need a volunteer. And I'm hoping one of the kids might be happy. Who's ready? Lucy, that was fast. Come on up. Come on up, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you. All right, I've got something for you, Lucy. I've got a Mars bar. Do you like chocolate? I probably should ask permission. Is this <laughs> um, uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got a Mars bar. That's for you. Now, you can keep that and you can, you can eat that. Or do you trust me? All right, so if you trust me, are you willing to give it back to me if I promise that I'll give you something even better at the end of our service this morning? How about that? Do you reckon you'll go for that? <laughs> ah! <laughs> you sure? <laughs> Good. Thank you, Lucy. I'm going to keep my promise. Don't you worry. I'll keep my promise. Thank you, Lucy. Please give Lucy a big clap. Um, uh, give Lucy a big clap because this whole sermon rests on, on Lucy actually trusting me uh, there. <laughs> Um, and, you know, why, why did I kind of do all of that? You know, well, when the talk's not very good, give out chocolate. That's the, that's the answer. But uh, this summer, we are spending some time thinking about faith, thinking about what faith means. And here's the big idea for today. It's a hot day. Uh, you know, I, I want to give it up to you right up front. Here's the big idea today. Faith is a choice. Uh, faith is a choice to go without something in the short term for the sake of something even better in the long term because you trust someone, just, just as Lucy did then. She, she trusted me, whether or not that was a good idea, we'll, we'll find out at the end of this sermon, but you know, she trusted me, and so she was willing to go without the chocolate uh, because I promised I would give her something even better at the end. And, and that, that kind of sounds simple, but actually that is what the Christian life is about. Uh, that is what faith in Jesus really is. We, we trust the Lord Jesus, and so we are willing to go without in the short term. We are willing to suffer and to endure and go through hard times in the short term. Why? Because Jesus has given us this wonderful promise of a future with him forever. That's what it is. Go without something in the short term for the sake of something even better in the long term because we trust someone. Or as uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 puts it, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And that's the lesson of faith that Moses has to teach us today. Uh, now, if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, and please, this is not a criticism of anyone because I haven't been. So if you have been here for the last couple of weeks, then you'd realize that actually we've been looking at these different heroes of the faith and they've each been teaching us something about what faith in God means and looks like. Uh, they're all part of what faith uh, actually means. So, you know, uh, Noah believed God. Uh, you know, God said, I'm going to send a flood. And you know what? I, I'm sure every person of Noah's day believed God's word when the waters came. You know, when the water was above their head, everyone believed God was sending a flood. But when did Noah believe? Noah believed when God did but speak. That's faith. And last week, Abraham, Abraham, he hoped. 
You know, Abraham, he, he hoped for, for a family, even though uh, he and his wife were old. He, he hoped for a home. He hoped for a place where he could live forever. The man had lived his whole life as a wanderer living in a tent. And so he hoped that God would give him a promised place, like he said, a, a city with foundations in verse 10, something permanent that he could call his home. Uh, that was, that's faith. And today, Moses, well, Moses believes and Moses hopes, but Moses also chooses. He chooses to give up something in the short term for something even better in the long term because he trusts God. And so let me explain from the life of Moses. What choices does he make? Well, first of all, he refuses in verses 24 and 25. Uh, secondly, he regarded in verse 26. And lastly, he perseveres in verse 27. So first of all then, Moses refuses. Now, do you remember the, the story of Moses? I do hope you remember some of it. Uh, the great-grandson of Abraham that we talked about last week was Joseph, and uh, because of a famine, God's people, they went down to live in Egypt, although it wasn't really a, a nation at that stage. It was just Jacob and his sons and all of their families. Uh, but Joseph, he'd been able to be both kind of a, a prince of Egypt and a prince of the Hebrews because Egypt and Israel were friends. But by Moses' time, 400 years later, Egypt had turned on the Hebrews. And it, the Hebrews had become very numerous. The Egyptians became afraid of them. And so the Egyptians made them slaves. They treated them very harshly. They even killed the little Hebrew baby, baby boys, which is how Moses ended up being adopted into the, the Pharaoh's family. Uh, Moses, uh, when he grew old enough, he realized that he couldn't be like Joseph was. He couldn't be both a prince of Egypt and a prince of the Hebrews. You know, a day was coming when he would have to choose. Uh, and so Moses, he does the unthinkable. Have a look at verses 24 and 25 with me, would you? Verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. You know, Moses, he refuses to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refuses to identify with Pharaoh and with Egypt. Instead, he chooses to be a Hebrew slave and to be mistreated along with them. And, you know, and it's, it's a dramatic choice, that sort of a choice. It's a, it's a defiant choice. It's a very final choice. Uh, Moses actually burns his bridges uh, with Egypt, both in his heart and even in practice. He actually kills an Egyptian taskmaster uh, whom he sees mistreating some Hebrew slaves and then kind of hides the taskmaster's body. It's kind of a, a defiant act of rebellion. Moses realized that being faithful to God meant that he was going to have to pick a side. He was going to have to choose a side. He couldn't be friends with God and friends with the enemies of God. He knew that it would be impossible. So he, he had to choose, which side am I going to be on? And he had to live with the consequences of that choice. And of course, that's what faith means even for us as well. When you become a Christian, when we choose to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we do the same thing. We choose Jesus and therefore, we also choose to reject those who are the enemies of Jesus. We choose to reject the world. You see, the world, uh, the world in the Bible, the, the Greek word that's behind the word world is the word cosmos, from which we actually get the word cosmetic. Uh, you know, the, the world, the Bible says, uh, it's, it's beautiful, but it's deceptively so. It's, 
It's superficial, it's shallow. It's masking darkness and evil and even the demonic, making them appear far more attractive than they really are. And so 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And that was true in Moses' day and it's true in our day as well. Moses realized that the world that he was rejecting, the world of Pharaoh and Egypt, was the world of sin. And so he chose to be, to be mistreated rather than to enjoy that. He chose to do without what he realized was shallow and transient, and even though it was dangerously seductive. Now, of course, these days, uh, it's not quite as stark as that for us, is it? It doesn't kind of feel quite as, as blatant as that. And most Christians, I don't think, they're not really in danger of choosing the world over Jesus. I think the bigger problem that many of us have, and the bigger problem that I know I have, is that I'd like to have Jesus and the world. I'd like to have everything. You know, I, I want to kind of put everything in the shopping cart that is, is life. You know, I want all the benefits of knowing God and all the benefits of, the, of joy and peace, of prayer and all those wonderful things, uh, the joy of knowing that God will help me when I'm in trouble. But, you know, I, I don't want the commitment. You know, I, I want to pray when I feel like it. You know, I want to come to church when, you know, it's, it's not 40 degrees outside. You know, I, I, I don't want to do the hard things. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to say to, to, to Jesus, look, I am yours, every part of me, all of my life, all that I am. And whatever you do in my life now, that is right. Even if it means facing an uncertain future, even if it means suffering and hardship and loss, even if it means a life lived in obscurity in the wilderness, like Moses lived. You know, we want the, the best of being a Christian uh, but we also want the best that the world offers as well, don't we, sometimes? I know that's a, a desire that I feel in my own heart as well. But Moses knew you can't have both. When you choose God, it means you reject all that is opposed to God. You have to pick one. It's one or the other. You can't have both. And so Moses makes the unthinkable choice. He chooses slavery over a palace. I mean, he refuses to be a prince in the, the richest, most powerful, most impressive empire of his day. You know, he could have had anything you could possibly have desired. He, he could have had a comfortable life of, of privilege and success. He could have had an executive position in BHP. That's uh, building huge pyramids back in those days. You know, he could have built monuments that would have lasted thousands of years, the great wonders of the ancient world. He might have even been the next pharaoh. But he gave it all up to be an oppressed, miserable slave. I mean, this is like choosing to be a homeless person rather than the head of Rio Tinto. That's kind of the modern equivalent of the choice that Moses made. He chose the slave. So why? Why did Moses make this sort of choice? Well, uh, uh, come down to verse 26, the second point now, because Moses, he regarded, he, that is, he considered, he, he thought about things very carefully before he made his choice. Uh, verse, uh, let me read verse 24 again to you. 
By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God, rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. Now, that word there in, in, in verse 26, that word regarded or considered, depending on the translation you've got in front of you, uh, that's, that's a thinking word. Uh, Moses very carefully thought about the choice that he was about to make. It's the same word that's used back in, um, in verse 19. It's what Abraham did then as well. Uh, and it is, it's the antiques roadshow word. You know, anyone... Anyone watched a bit of Antiques Roadshow? A few nods in the audience. It's one of my little uh, guilty pleasures, I must admit. Um, And it's a show that's all about considering. It's all about regarding and assessing and and weighing up and and, and kind of thinking things through. Because what happens is, of course, people kind of come to the experts. They bring their uh, antique, the mouldy old thing that they've dug out of their attic or their basement. Um, and then the, the expert looks at it and examines it, hears the story of this item, tells it, you know, where it was made and where it's all kind of come from. And then, uh, you know, they think about the, the market and all the potential buyers. And in the end, they, they put a figure on it. They put a value. This is how much this, this thing is worth. Uh, and, it's, you know, it's a great show. It's, it's the old versions years ago. They were the better ones because that's when people were actually surprised that something they had had some value. These days, people kind of show up on that show and they're surprised when this terrible thing that they've found in their attic isn't worth like a million pounds or something like that. But you see, that's what Moses does. Before he makes his choice, he thinks very carefully about it. And he looks at the two lies laid out in front of him, you know, Prince of Egypt or, or Prince of the Hebrews, and he says to himself... Which one has the greater reward? Which one is worth more? Which one gives me the best value? Which one lasts longer, the kingdom of Egypt or the kingdom of God? And, you know, whichever one is the better one, that's the one I'm going to pick. For he was looking to the reward. That's what verse 26 says. He was looking forward to his reward. Now, it sounds really funny, isn't it? You know, how how many of us think, you know, the reason why I'm a Christian is because I'm in it for the reward? You know, how many of us kind of think like that? And yet that's exactly what Hebrews 11 says that faith is about. It's about rewards. You know, have a look back at verse 6 if you've got your Bibles open there. Verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists... And that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews 11, it's actually about rewards. Moses thought about his reward as he he made his decision, his choice. And all the heroes of the faith have been exactly the same. You know, Noah, uh, his reward, salvation from the flood. Abraham, his reward, the promised blessing. They all were looking for a reward. And so Moses, he, he looks at the rewards of Egypt that he could have had now. In fact, he already had them, all the rewards of Egypt. Uh, And then he looked towards the promised future of God, the promised reward of God. And Moses realized, well, what is it? Is it, it's, It's Egypt now or it's God in the future. Which one is better? And Moses, he looked at all the delights of Egypt and he said, you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough. I'll go with God. I'll go with God. 
The promises of God are more valuable. The rewards of God are, are, are worth more and they will last longer than Egypt, the wealthiest, the most powerful, the most advanced, most impressive empire of the ancient world, the superpower of the ancient world. Moses says, it's not enough. God's worth more. The reproach of Christ is greater than the wealth of all the treasure of Egypt. And, you know, Moses didn't, of course, see Christ, but in hindsight, that's what he was doing. That's what he was deciding. He was saying, suffering for the sake of Christ is worth more than all the wealth of Egypt. What God has to offer is better. And that's, that's what Lucy did this morning. Little Mars Bar now, all this great reward that I have promised in the future. You know, go without now for the sake of something better later. Or, you know, because I trust someone, or do I just go with whatever I've got now? And she was tempted, wasn't she? She almost stuck with it. Sorry, I'm picking on you now, Lucy. Um, but here you go, just to prove it to you. Keep my promises. Uh, but that's what Moses did. He made the choice to do without something in the short term for the sake of something better in the long term because he trusted someone, because he trusted God. He had faith. Uh, and that's what it is. Uh, faith is the willingness to give up and even to suffer and go without now for the sake of something much greater and much better that God has promised us. But that was a reason considered. It was a thought-out conclusion that Moses made. You know, sometimes people want to say, you know, faith is like a blind leap in the dark. And I want to say, yeah, faith is a leap, but it's not blind. The faith of Moses was reasonable. He thought about it. He asked questions. He, he, he assessed things. He, he reasoned things out. And yes, yeah, sure, he knew that the choice he made was going to be hard. Just as we know that the choice that we make to follow Jesus is going to be hard. We are called by our Lord and our Saviour to take up our cross daily and to follow him. And like Noah, our faith means that we will condemn the world and so the world will condemn us. And like Abraham, our faith will be tested. And there are times where we will doubt and obedience to Christ does mean giving up things that into our world are considered satisfactions and delights that we will have to give up. And so we think, we consider, we assess, and we conclude along with the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. There is no hardship that we experience. There is no suffering that we are afflicted by. There is no pain or there is no loss that is worth comparing with the glory promised us by Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you know that? Do you understand that? I hope you do. Because it's one thing to make the choice to, to follow Jesus in, in those moments where we feel you know, spiritually powerful and, and close to God. It's another thing to be faithful to that choice when the suffering begins, when the pain and, and the loss begin. 
And so we must also do the other thing that Moses does, and that is we must persevere. We must persevere. So how do we persevere? How do we, do we endure? How do we stay true to that choice that, that we have made? How do we keep going? Well, how did Moses do it? Well, Moses, he, he had to stick to his choice in hard and uncertain times. And hard and uncertain times they certainly were. Uh, Moses was very proud of himself that day, that day when he, he killed the Egyptian taskmaster, you know. Uh, he'd chosen a side and he was thinking of the, of the reward. He was thinking of the great victory that he'd won for his, his people. He was thinking that day that, you know, this was almost, this was the beginning of the rebellion, you know. This is the beginning of freedom for my people. Uh, and, and in the name of the Lord God Almighty. And, you know, he probably even thought about how he was the best instrument uh, to lead his people out of slavery. After all, Moses, he had it all. He had the education. He had the, the connections. He had the, the leadership skills. He had the kind of access to the corridors of power. He knew how Egypt worked. If, if anyone could have led uh, Israel out of slavery and into freedom, surely, Moses thought, it would be me. Israel, surely they need me. But then a really fascinating thing happens in the story of Moses. Because the very next day, you know, uh, uh, proud of the fight for freedom that he's begun, you know, wearing his Che Guevara t-shirt, you know, uh, Moses comes out to those very same Hebrews who were fighting and he thinks, yeah, you know, yesterday I made the choice. Uh, I, I made the choice to stop being a prince of Egypt, so now I can become a prince of the Hebrews and, and lead them out of slavery. I'll, now I'm going to solve this dispute between these two fighting Hebrew men. I'll, you know, I'll show all my leadership skills, and then all Israel will get behind me and will throw off the Egyptians and, and, and win our freedom. And so he walks up to these two Hebrews who are, who are fighting, and he says, you know, why are you fighting? Stop fighting. Uh, and then the, the Hebrew man turns to him and says, Something suspiciously Australian. He says in, back in Exodus chapter 2, I want to read it to you, Exodus 2.14. And the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? In other words, who died and made you king? Uh, you know, the Hebrews, they actually reject Moses. Uh, you know, Moses doesn't understand it, but he's shocked. He's like, you know, I, I killed for you. I, I'm here for you. I'm, I'm ready to lead you. But the Hebrews, they reject him. They don't want anything to do with him. They resent him, and they're even a little bit afraid of him. And so all of a sudden, Moses actually has to make an even harder choice, a hard choice, the choice to stick by his first choice. And that, that's much harder because yesterday he was thinking, will I be a prince of Egypt or a prince of the Hebrews? Which one of those will I be? But now, you know, he's already turned his back on being a prince of Egypt. And now the, the Hebrews are saying, we don't want you as our prince. We don't want you to rule over us. And so now it looks like a choice between death in Egypt or exile in the wilderness. What sort of a choice is that? That's a much harder choice. And so what does Moses do? Well, it wouldn't be Hebrews 11 if he didn't choose the unseen over the seen, if he didn't choose to be faithful to God, even though that means that Moses goes from having two peoples to having zero peoples within 24 hours. And it really is the unseen. Moses doesn't know how his choices are going to work out. He has no idea. He has no promise from God like Noah or like Abraham had. Uh, obedience now to God looks like living out the rest of his life as a failure in the desert, as a shepherd in the wilderness. 
but he obeys any, anyway. You know, it, it was dangerous, it was, it was risky, on the fringes of civilization, full of wild beasts and, and bandits. And you know, what a, what a complete waste of all of his education, what a complete waste of all those wonderful leadership skills that he had learned in Egypt. Well, maybe the sheep appreciated them. But then Moses lives his life. He lives his 40s, his 50s, his 60s, his 70s, until one day when he's 80. One day when Moses is a broken down old man, a forgotten man, he sees a bush that does not burn. And the word of God comes to him and says, take off your sandals for you are on holy ground. And I have a job for you. And now and only now will you lead my people to freedom. So how did, how did Moses do it? How did Moses endure? How did he persevere? Verse 27 Hebrews 11, verse 27 says, By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. That is, he endured by looking to God. He persisted because God was his focus, the invisible God that he saw. How? By faith. In other words, he fixed his eyes on the one that he trusted. And there's something subtle here, but I think it's quite important. Because, you see, in this sort of situation, when you're, you're looking forward to that reward, when you're hoping for that reward, uh, then most people, how would they endure? Well, the answer would be keep your eyes fixed on the prize. Keep your eyes fixed on the reward. That's how the athlete trains. You know, they, they imagine themselves winning the game. They imagine themselves standing there with the gold medal being put around their neck. That's how they keep going. That's how they train because they think the prize is something that you can win. And, you know, how does the, you know, the, the hardworking farmer, how do they keep going? How do they endure? How do they persevere? Because they keep looking forward to the reward. They keep looking forward to the crop. And they think that's something they have to earn. They think that's something that they have to work hard for. But Moses, he doesn't do either of those things. He looks to God. Why? Because he knows the prize is not something that you win. He knows the reward is not something that you earn. He knows the reward is something that God gives you. And so where does he look? He looks to God. He looks to the one that he trusts to give him the reward that he longs for. And that's what we need to do too. We need to fix our eyes on the one that we trust. Because here's the thing, we actually have everything that we need and even more to have the kind of faith that Moses had. We know the one we trust. We know Jesus. The greatest example of God's faithfulness to us. Jesus left a greater palace than Moses. Jesus suffered more than Moses. Jesus endured a greater rejection than Moses. And Jesus came to his own, who not only did they reject him, they killed him. And Jesus brings us a greater salvation than Moses. Moses brought the people out of freedom from, from slavery in Egypt, but Jesus Christ, by his blood shed on the cross, he frees us from sin. He redeems us from death. And in him we receive the promise of a place forever, a home, eternal life with our God and Father. A home 
lovingly prepared by Jesus. And Jesus is the one who will come and take us home. And sure, there's a cost. It's not easy to live for Jesus. And Jesus doesn't hide that cost from us. Like Moses, we need to endure. Like Moses, we make that choice to follow Jesus. And then the next day, we make the harder choice to keep the first choice. And then the next day, we make the harder choice again to keep the first choice. And we keep doing it every single day of our life. We keep making that choice to follow Jesus. And it is hard. But having seen Jesus... How can we not have the same faith as Moses? How can we not make the same choices as Moses? How can we not absolutely trust the trustworthy message from the trustworthy messenger? And having trusted Jesus, how can we not do the simplest thing in the world? How can we not give up something in the short term? for the sake of something far better in the long term because we trust Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do believe you and yet we pray, help us in our unbelief. The struggle to trust you and your promises, it's before us every day. And our lack of faith in you is seen in our choices every day. And yet you are so faithful to us. Your promises are true. Your mercies are new every morning. Help us, Lord, to trust you. Help us to trust the promise that you have made to us. And help us to fix our eyes on Jesus and choose him every day because we trust him. And we ask this not just for our own sake, Lord, but we even ask it for the sake of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen.